Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. Today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you leak breast milk, you can now stop losing it to your breast pad and instead collect it to add to your stash. We'll hear more about our sponsors later, and these sponsors make this podcast possible. So please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give your business to any of our sponsors. While you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and get episodes sent directly to your inbox every Monday. And now Diane has our review of the week. Yes, this review comes from Hillary28, and this is just what she needed to hear right now. Currently listening to episode 115, and it is just what I needed to hear. My 10-week-old daughter has had a rough couple of days of weird sleep during the day and fussiness. Out of the normal for her, and I was feeling like it was my fault and feeling guilty about wanting my happy, content, good baby back. My best friend happened to text me this morning to check on us and mentioned her baby, who's four weeks older than mine, slept through the night twice this week. Hmm. Hearing you talk about newborn behavior and the ridiculousness of calling a baby good is what I needed today. Thank you. And of course, the breastfeeding info also helps. Makes me feel like what we are doing, if it works for us and baby is gaining and growing, then it's perfect. And you're right. If your baby is, if it's working for you, then that's all you need. And I chose this review. First of all, she did put it on iTunes, which is really good. You can put your reviews on iTunes. We love them. And it helps the podcast a lot. Or you can send us an email at the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast at gmail.com. But this was a perfect segue into talking about schedules, which is what we're going to talk about today. And I hate that. Yep. I know. Schedules are ridiculous and they're horrible and they're harmful and they're dumb and we shouldn't. Well, Ellie, your baby shouldn't follow a schedule. Yeah. Episode over. That's it. Right. <laughs> no, and I so, know like yeah. schedules are hard. It's it's hard, right? Because a lot of a lot of new families want to have some kind of routine. Their whole, you know, your whole life is on a routine before your baby is born. You do everything right. at a certain time. Your work routine is is structured. Your home routine is structured. Your life is structured. And then you have this baby and it's like a free-for-all. You don't know what is going to happen next. And you have zero concept of what to do about it. Right. And so then people started saying like, okay, well, we need these babies to work with us. These babies need to get on board with our lives <laughs> and they need to start following a schedule immediately. And so the best thing to do, and you'll hear this a lot from the hospital and doctors and, you know, these oh doctors. Yeah. You hear yeah. that from the pediatricians all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Your baby should be breastfeeding. And we're just talking about breastfeeding schedules right now. Right. Yeah. Well, or, the breastfeeding and the sleep schedules, they go together for the most part from what I've seen. Yeah. So mostly breastfeeding, so, but we'll we'll talk about yeah. how it gets into sleep. Yeah. So breastfeeding, you know, you'll hear this mostly where your baby's first born, you know. Okay, well, so you should be breastfeeding your baby. Your baby should be feeding every two to three hours. And that right there is like danger zone. Mm -hmm. That is not okay. And for a thousand reasons, which we'll talk about today. <laughs> It is really, yeah. I, I think, you know, when they tell you that in the hospital, they're really trying to be helpful. And they usually say, you know, okay, every three hours, 
when I do prenatal oh. breastfeeding classes, I try to tell people that they're going to tell you in the hospital every three hours because your baby is super sleepy and that's when you're waking them. And But that is not realistic. It really, I have yet to meet a baby that is like every three hour feeder from the moment they get home from the hospital. It just doesn't happen like that. Babies feed when they want to feed, which is why we always say feed on demand because that's great for your milk supply. It's great because then your baby can start to regulate their own feeding. But if you tell a, a family, feed your baby every three hours, and then they go home and this baby starts to wake up, starts to do some cluster feeding. Maybe sometimes they feed every two hours. Maybe sometimes it's an hour and a half. Maybe sometimes it's two and a half hours. Then you have a family that's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not every three hours. I must not have milk for this baby. The baby's hungry still. Why does the baby want to eat in an hour and a half? Why does the baby want to eat every two hours? I must not be making enough milk. And then the supplementing starts. Right. Which is not good for anybody. You know, that's... I mean, we know your milk supply. It ruins your milk supply. We know from the breast sleeping episode that we did. um, I don't remember what what number it was, but you can look up breast sleeping. And we learned there that, you know, when your baby is born, the only environment that they are acclimated to is your body and your breast. Being latched onto your breast is what your baby was born to do. The latch on, this is where attachment, this is where the imprinting starts. We talk about the imprinting in that episode. Um, And this is how your body learns how much milk to make. This is how your body and your baby start to communicate to each other. And when you're interrupting that, literally being told not to put your baby to the breast for two to three hours, stretches. That is very, that's alarming to a baby because your baby Mm -hmm. doesn't know where else to be. Your baby is not acclimated to any other environment except being at your breast. So this is like the beginning of a whole bunch of problems. If you're being told to actually separate your baby from that environment for these big, long stretches for, I don't even know why. Yeah. Because they're just supposed to limit how much food they're eating, how much time they are with you. That's ridiculous. And this can cause so many issues. It could cause, obviously, milk supply issues, start to cause weight gain issues. Mm-hmm. Can start, you know, like jaundice can get worse. You yeah. know, your baby is supposed to have as much breast milk, first of all, as possible. Why would you want to limit how much breast milk your baby's taking in? This is like the most nutrient-dense, this This stuff is tailored by your body specifically for your baby to have as much as they possibly can get. This is what is helping their grow, they grow their vital organs and their brain. This is developing their body. In no way, shape, or form does it make sense to limit that. No. That is not what your baby is wired to do. It is not what we're wired to do. It's not how humans are set up. Humans are set up to put the baby to the breast and be kept there as much as possible. Of course, you can put your baby down to pee or whatever. <laughs> but like limiting going like, oh, I cannot feed. It's too soon to feed. You know, I need to be, you know, my baby needs to be on the schedule. The doctor said should be on the schedule. This is way more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we get it. I mean, we've we've both had kids. We know what it's like to like be tired and 
overtouched and you just want to be like, oh my gosh, just, I just need a break. You know, we get that. But the schedule thing is really, really hard for your baby to understand. Yeah, your baby doesn't understand anything. I mean, no. they're trying to figure out right now when your baby is born, they are figuring out how to breathe, how to suck, and how to swallow at the same time. That's all they're focusing on. And they need to be doing that in a place that makes them feel safe, which is you. Your body is the only place that they're acclimated to. That's where they need to be. And if, yeah, okay, I get it. Yes, it's very hard and it's very difficult. But that's not, that is society's fault. Yeah. That is the fault of the fact that we have been completely disconnected from um, our village, you know, where humans have been, you know, humans are made to live in village settings where everybody is helping to take care of the babies, where everyone's helping to take care of the birthing parent, and, you know, everyone has their little job in, in this community and everyone is supported and you're not just home 24 hours a day by yourself taking care of this baby and then maybe a thousand other things. That right. is not normal. And then on top of it, it's a lot, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, we do have tools. We have tools like, you know, like baby carriers and slings and wraps and stuff that you can put in so that you can do what you need to be doing. Um, but, um, you know, f facilitating this, um, sorry, I have an alarm on my phone that tells me when to tell my kids to brush their teeth. <laughs> Otherwise, That's a good idea. <laughs> everyone know. Otherwise, no one will do it. Um, and it just went off. So, uh, what was I saying? So, um, we yeah, we live need, in a village. We should be living in a village. We should, and we're not. But so then we try to create all these ways to like take pressure off of ourselves, like creating a schedule and try to create more control in our in our lives. But what happens is more problems. We end up having more problems because now your baby's not feeding well. Now your baby's not gaining weight well. Now you're not making enough milk. Now you're supplementing. And now we have all of these problems because we were told that we should be restricting these feedings. And you have a client who was told every yeah. five hours, right? Well, she started to... I mean, the baby was feeding like, you know, like normal, typical, but then she started to follow one of those sleep schedule-y mm -hmm. things. Sleep trainer bloggers or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One of those who's very popular. It's a very popular one. So she started to follow that. The baby was only, you know, three months old, I think, when she started this program, which, you know, has the baby sleeping for an hour and a half, then eating, and then going back for another nap, and then eating. So it's a very structured routine that really only had the baby eating only maybe five times a day, five or six oh. times a day, because then the baby would sleep then they had the baby sleeping all night. And mm -hmm. if the baby stirred during the night, they say, okay, go in, pat the baby, give them back the pacifier, rub their back, you know, do these other little things to just put them back to sleep. It's like, why don't you just pick the baby up and feed them? I don't understand. Or why lay we, down next to the baby. You don't need to. Other, 
Right. Like, why are we messing Lay around down next to the baby? It, it's just insane to me that we're just doing all these other things to make the baby sleep when all you need to do is feed them. Like, that's what they want. Right. That's what they need. And this was a young baby. We're not talking yeah. about a, a year old baby. We're talking about a three month old baby now only getting five feeds a day. And she came to me because the weight gain had stopped. And, and sleeping the, you know, for longer stretches than is right. And the, if your baby, yeah, your baby is not your de- baby is not developmentally ready to be sleeping those long stretches. That's actually not safe, right? It's not. It's not safe. And she was like, "Well, they said that the baby should be sleeping this many hours a day. A baby at this age needs this many hours a day of sleep." Yeah, that's what they said to me. They said that Jack, and it was still because I was only seeing that one pediatrician for like when he was super young. So he was under three months and they said that he should be sleeping 11 to 12 hours a night. Mm-hmm. What in the actual F-U-C-K? <laughs> 11 to 12 hours with like, a I don't remember how old he was, under three months. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Holy moly, that is just not safe. Your baby is supposed I mean, to be... It- Go ahead up and feed it like your baby needs more food. so it's and it's really hard to kind of get that message across you know I, I was really having a hard time getting this message across that like the baby is not feeding enough there's not enough volume getting into the baby right and you want to have as much breast milk in there as possible and we don't obviously want you know and then the baby's at daycare during the day or with you know with a babysitter during the day or whoever your baby's with during the day, if you go back to work, which this particular parent did go back to work. So, you know, then the babies and then she's, you know, leaving milk for the baby. And then you read, okay, baby shouldn't only have this much milk during the day while, you know, while the parent's gone, bottle should only be this size. But if your baby is not feeding very frequently, then we need to up that. Like the volume has got to get into the baby at some point. Right. I mean, your baby's belly is super small. Breast milk is very thin and easily digestible. And this is all on purpose. This is also mm-hmm. that your baby is feeding frequently. It's also that your baby is waking frequently because it's not safe for them to go into these long, deep stretches of sleep or to go very long without eating. This is all designed this way. Your baby is waking up and and asking to feed frequently for a reason. This is how they're wired and how we are wired to eat. Frequently in small amounts, frequently, constantly. They're made to be eating constantly. And that doesn't take into into account either what we talk about with... um, which is not talked about very much, but breast storage capacity. Mm -hmm. So then we have people with different... So it's not how much milk you make, right? It's how much milk you store in your breast at a time. You're always making milk. Your breasts are never dried up. Don't worry. But some people hold more milk in their breast at a time. And so that baby might go a little bit longer without their, you know, to their next feed. As opposed to a, to a baby who's feeding from a breast that has a s- smaller storage breast capacity. So then they're eating more frequently. It's all, they're all getting the same amount of milk. Right. It's, it's just fine. how often At the end they're of the feeding. Day. Yeah. And that doesn't... You can't put babies on a schedule. They're not the same. 
But one of the other issues that we see is you get these families that are tired and overwhelmed. Again, a problem of our society, throwing them back into the work field way too early, you know, ex- expectations that are unrealistic. And you go, they go to the pediatrician's office and the pediatricians are just trying to solve your problem. They're just trying right. to help you. Yeah. So they tell right. you, oh, you know, put a, get them on a schedule or get them started, you know, sleeping longer stretches or give them formula during the night so that they sleep longer or, you know, it's just, or you have family members telling you, give them cereal at three months to help them sleep longer, help them sleep better. That's Mm -hmm. not, it's not safe. Babies are, then that's going to impact your milk supply. It will impact your milk supply once you start messing around with those routines. Right. It's just not good for your body. It's not good for your supply. It's not good for your baby. And we could talk more about that, right? Yes. We'll talk more about that after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a nursing bra specialist, is passionate about breastfeeding and the many benefits it offers for parent and bub and the environment. Breastfeeding, while natural, doesn't always come naturally to everyone. That's why they've made it their mission to empower breastfeeders as they mindfully navigate the world of parenthood and help make breastfeeding easier through experience-driven innovation. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras, which include seamless, sleep, flexible wired, non-wired, sports, padded plunge, t-shirt, and fuller busted bras in sizes ranging from 30A to 42K in the U.S. With 13 years of experience under their belt, Cake Maternity is renowned for their quality, fit, and support. Cake has you covered for your maternity and nursing bra needs. Head to cakematernity.com and use badass. 15 for 15% off your order. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you leak breast milk? Have you ever thought about how much breast milk you are soaking up into your breast pads and throwing away? What if you could catch that milk and add it to your stash instead? The Milky's Milk Saver allows you to do just that. Slide the Milk Saver into your bra or tank top and the non-nursing side to catch the letdown while you breastfeed. People are adding ounces upon ounces to their stash on a daily basis. Thousands and thousands of breastfeeders have discovered this product. It holds two ounces of milk. It's comfortable to wear and reusable. You might be thinking that you don't leak very much. This is what most people say before they've actually used the milk saver. You will be shocked at how much milk you collect at how much liquid gold you are throwing into the garbage. This milk can be used to beef up your stash, to make breast milk keepsakes, for baths, for breast milk popsicles, lotions, soaps, you name it. Breast milk is worth saving. Check out the Milky's Milk Saver at fairhavenhealth.com and use code BADASS for 15% off your purchase. These sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about the things we talked about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, more about schedules. You have more to say because I have more to say. Because I've been talking the whole time so far. Here's the other. Here's the other thing with schedules, is that one of the things that we do not value. I feel like we have babies, and then they're just a pain in our asses. 
You know, it's like, oh, I had this baby. Now this baby's just interrupting my life and interrupting my schedule and interrupting. Look what this baby's doing, you know, to everything. Well, one of the things that comes with, um, you know, the whole, the, 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 the idea that your baby is only acclimated to your body once they're born is the fact that is the fact that bre- breastfeeding and breastfeeding on demand allows you to get to know your baby. You're learning mm. about your baby. Cause we talk about all these things about like, Ooh, learn their feeding, learn how <laughs> you and I were talking about this at one point, learn their, learn their hunger cues. Uh-huh. You know, what do they do with their hands or their mouth or their bodies when they're hungry? Who cares? <laughs> Just put them on the breast. That's how you're going to learn about your baby. You and your baby and your body and your baby are learning from each other. The more time that you have together, the more time that you can learn from your baby. If you're watching the clock, you are not watching your baby. Okay, it's been, let me look at this clock to tell me when my baby's going to be hungry or when I should feed next. No, look right. down at your baby. Put them on the breast. See how that goes. Maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't go well. Okay, maybe they need to be rocked or maybe they need to have their diaper changed or something. But look at your baby and not the clock. And, you know, this People, is going to help that. That's how you develop trust in the process. Right. That's how that's you're really like, important. I know what's going on with my baby. That's how I'm, I'm their parent. I know what's going on with them because I know this baby and met this baby and I have been bonding since the beginning and they've been right here and I know exactly what they need. It's really important for attachment. It's really important. And I see it all the time where, you know, families have asked me, is it bad if I put the baby back to the breast? Is that okay if I do that? Like we have lost the ability to make that decision to just listen to our baby. Yep. Which is just insanity. And I I tell families all the time, like, so for example, We've got a baby that feeds, right? And then say you change their diaper and they seem a little fussy. Maybe they're rooting around. They look like they want to suck. And mom goes, oh my gosh, I don't know if they got enough. Let's top them off with an ounce from the bottle. Just put them back on. Why are yeah. we not just putting them back on? Like, Why can't they if just they don't want to eat, then they're just going to go to sleep, which is what they needed anyway. They just needed that calming, soothing comfort. But there's no reason why you can't just pop them back on the breast again. Right. And here's the other thing. Breastfeeding is so much more than food. Yes. We are not just keeping them there to fill their bellies. This is the only environment that they are acclimated to. This is the only environment that they know how to be in. And this is, again, going back to the imprinting, going back to the attachment, going back to the sense of safety and security and that they just got here. (laughs) <laughs> they were in this place inside your body that was filled with fluid, you know, curled up into a ball. Now they're in this like bright, cold, diaper, loud place. You know, this they don't know what's going on. They don't know day from night. They don't know. They don't know anything mm-hmm. that's going on. You know, that's just where they need. That's where they want to be. That's where they're designed to be. Yeah. I tell people all the time. If we just follow the baby's lead from the beginning, things go way easier. Like once you start messing around with stuff, then it becomes a cluster. So if we could just follow the baby's lead from the beginning, it is not a difficult transition most of the time. 
you know, like you're just, and and it, if you are just following what, what they need and you're just putting them to the breast and you're just like feeding on demand and you're just doing, you know, what the baby's asking for, babies acclimate a lot easier and a lot faster. At least that's what I've always seen. Those babies just transition a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You, you aren't going to have, you know, a four month old struggling if you're just listening to what they need from the start. But we just don't do that. We always have to look deeper into it and go, oh, there's something, there's something else. It's a milk supply problem. It's an issue. No, just put them back on. And if you're worried about milk supply, then put the baby back on because that's what's going to get you more milk. Like we're, right. we're causing more we, problems. No, and I feel like that's the other thing too is we don't realize that actually the baby feeding frequently and being there frequently is a good sign. It's a sign of a healthy mm-hmm. milk supply that your baby is constantly communicating with your body. Make more milk, make more milk. That's what they're doing there. They're talking to your yeah. body. They're drinking milk and talking to your body. And your body's like, oh, I need to make more milk. And your body can make milk instantly. Your breast is never empty. It's constantly, constantly, constantly making milk for your baby. When your baby is at the breast telling it to make milk, if they're across the room for three hours, then your body is just like, I guess we don't need any more. Right. And then that's where the problems begin. Yeah, it's, it's really like that disconnect. I don't know. It's... I blame society, but yes, society sucks. <laughs> well, it's like this whole capitalist society that's just like here, you know, you need, you know, we need to get everybody back into the workforce. We need, we need to be, you know, we need to keep the economy going. We need to, you know, everybody get back or you're, you know, you're not being productive member of society if you're not working yourself to death and, you know, doing 90 things at the same time. And, you know, forget it. If you're just sitting there on the couch, you know, bonding with your baby, your new baby, well, you're just lazy. Yeah, can't have that happening. No, no, you can't have that happening. And and you know, this can be seen on like a large scale, you know, level of like you know, people that were not you know, people that were not <laughs> paid attention to really as babies. And that's no right. that's obviously nobody that's listening here. That's not it. And even if you're, you know, following directions to to breastfeed on a schedule we just need like a little bit of straightening out of the information but we do have a society of people that are like not really they kind of have attachment issues yeah i mean you can see it and capitalism is driving everybody into the ground and this is where this is like just babies have been you know we're told that our babies are just you know causing us all these problems and we need to fix all these problems. Mm-hmm. But then we end up having problems with breastfeeding because we throw all of these, you know, things at it. Well, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. And then you need to be, you know, you need to have this schedule through the night too. You need to sleep train your baby, have your baby be going to sleep at a certain time so that you can get sleep, so that you can get back to your job, which is all very valid. I mean, if people need to go back to work, I mean, you need sleep. And that's, that's right, very that's valid to have that concern. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, the research does show that sleeping with your baby, you'll get more sleep than oh, them sleeping down, down the hallway. Absolutely. Unless you do the hardcore sleep training where they're sleeping for 12 hours. But here we are at the end of this episode where hopefully we have shown you that sleeping for 12 hours is not, that's not safe. No. Or and developmentally appropriate. The other Go thing ahead. you need to, 
the other thing you need to realize about your baby too is that they change and there's developments happening and things that are going on with them and they're reaching different milestones and they're learning different things and their brains are developing and their bodies are developing and they do not follow the same routine all the time. Just like we don't. I mean, some people do. I'm not one of those people, but some people do follow the same routine all the time and they're very regimented in that way. Babies cannot do that. That is not their thing. And they might be following a little routine for a month and then Mm -hmm, it switches up. Yeah, then it switches up because they're in a different growth pattern because then they have a growth spurt. They need to eat a little bit more frequently. So they're starting to wake up a little bit more. They are learning how to crawl. They're learning how to roll. So now they roll in the middle of the night and they can't get themselves back. And now they wake themselves up. But like things happen to the, with these babies that bring them more feeding, more activity, more sleep disruption. Like we can't expect them to just be like this lump that doesn't do anything. Right. And I think that's like, you know, for people that are craving some sort of control in their life, you can have a routine without breastfeeding on a schedule or sleeping on a schedule. You know, you can Mm -hmm. still do this stuff on demand and create a routine throughout the day. I mean, once your baby gets to be, I don't even remember, I don't know, a few months old, their sleep will become a little bit more predictable. You'll be like, okay, I can see, I can tell that it's this time of day where they start to get sleepy and they sleep for a little, they have a little stretch of sleep right here. And so you create a routine around that, or you create a morning routine where, you know, you can create routines where you're still keeping your baby at your breast as needed um, so that you can have a little bit more predictability. And like you just said, um, that will all turn to shit quickly when they're sick or when they're reaching these developmental milestones or whatever, but, but then you can create a new one. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the same, it's the same thing when you're, when you have, even if you have no kids, your routine gets thrown off when you have, um, if you get sick or, you know, you have an emergency or, you know, something happens in your life, your routine gets thrown off and then you get yourself back together and get back into your routine. Right. I mean, I am a heavy routine person. I need routine. And so I had a routine, not, a, not in the beginning, because, you know, then you're going through the whole transition of parenthood, which is like a whole, a whole thing that happens to your brain and your mind and your identity. And that's, a, it's like a legit crisis mm-hmm. that you go through and it feels really, you know, it feels really awful in the beginning. But when you get through that, you can create this routine for yourself where you feel a little bit more in control, but you don't need to restrict your baby from the breast in order to do that is my point. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's not always about food. If your baby is waking up in the middle of the night, that doesn't mean your supply is turned to shit. It just happens. And I think we automatically think that because that's what we're told. Oh, the baby's wake, but my baby was sleeping and now they, now they're waking up again. My supply isn't any good anymore. Yeah. It's not about the food 100% of the time. It's comfort, it's attachment. Yeah, even most of the time. Because feeding doesn't take that long. You know, even if they're feeding frequently and they're at their breast, it doesn't take a super long time for them to feed. You know, they'll feed and then they're just there. They just want to be there. They're latched on. I remember my dad saying, like, is 
is he eating right now or is he just hanging out? And I was like, I don't know. I think he's just hanging out. And he was like, oh. Like he was fine with it. But like he, you know, he was kind of like, he kind of recognized that maybe there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when they're at the breast, they're feeding and sometimes they're not. And you're not creating bad habits. Yeah, you're not creating bad habits by letting them do that. That is okay. Yeah, totally. It's It's really okay. It's wonderful. It is like, it is a setup for, you know, attachment for emotional well-being throughout their life for, you know, to extend into their relationships when they're grown mm-hmm. ups. And this is like a lifelong thing that we're doing here. Yeah. It's not it bad. End. And we don't. Yeah. And the schedules are harmful to that, to, you know, to that and to and to the and to just the breast getting breastfeeding established and sometimes you know harmful to your milk supply and to your baby's health absolutely yeah so try to avoid them if you can and you know like we said it's we know some people really have a hard time avoiding the schedule thing and they like the routine but maybe try to find a routine in a different way or try to just you know have the support around you to just let it go at least in the beginning yeah. And if it's, you know, if it's not working, if your doctor's telling you like you need to be feeding on the schedule and it's not working for you, then like feel free to flush that information down the toilet mm-hmm. because that's not how your baby is designed to operate. So if it's not working, then you're not crazy. Like it literally just doesn't work. Right. And your baby's going to do something different than somebody else's baby. So. If somebody else's baby is on this amazing schedule, that doesn't mean that your baby needs to be doing that. Right. Because you don't know the the whole story behind that either. So it's totally okay. Just follow your baby's lead. And that really, you can't go wrong. You really can't. You cannot go wrong with that. That's right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.